0: All right, can you imagine this? Can you imagine that you go out to your garden, and you, you put on your boots, and you put on your gardening gloves, and, and you get out there to your little plot of land, and you're about to dig in when all of a sudden your, your spouse or your, your mom or your dad calls out, what are you doing? Um... I'm about to weed the garden. <laughs> it's getting kind of unruly. No stop! Don't pull the weeds. I don't think I've ever hollered that to Carissa. I don't think she's ever yelled that to me. We haven't our kids haven't even tried, I don't think so haven't had to worry about that yet. but just how strange is it that if someone would go out to their garden and it's it's starting to be full of weeds that, That the owner of the garden, the one who cares about that garden, says, no, just let them grow. Don't pull them. And yet, that's what happens in the parable that we have from Jesus today. We're in in Matthew 13. Uh, We started Matthew 13 last week when Professor Schmuller was here. He talked about the the parable of uh, the the person who's sowing seeds all over and how, how they grow and the dangers that can happen in this world. But today, Jesus is giving another nature parable where he's talking about the kingdom of God, the ruling action of God in this world. And again, he compares it to seeds and gardening. And and what does he mean? Why would he let the weeds and the wheat grow together? So he begins to, to, to say this simple story that's got a deep spiritual meaning by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So we've got the landowner, and he goes out, and usually they wouldn't use a tractor, but they would cast seed throughout their field. He seeds heavily, and he fills his field with good wheat seeds. And then he's just probably thinking it's going to be a great harvest. He'll grow wheat. Maybe he'll have more than enough to sell. He'll bake bread. This is going to be wonderful. When something awful happens, Jesus says, While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. I mean, just pause and imagine that. It's it's disgusting. It's it's downright mean. It's, It's sabotage. This enemy comes in and just overplants, right over the top of all of his wheat, and covers his field with weeds. But it's even worse than that because the weeds don't even start to show themselves until the landowner feels like it's too late. The, the kinds of plants we're talking about here, I've, I've read, are wheat, and then probably the, the weeds is a kind of weed called bearded darnel. Uh, likely where it's this it's this weed that initially looks just like wheat after uh, not I'm not a farmer but after about 7 days I'm read, I've read after sowing seeds after about 7 days then the little blades will start to come up out of the ground, and and they would have started to come up. And you could picture the landowner, the farmer, looking out, and he sees, wow, it's, it's coming up everywhere. This is going to be a great crop, and they're coming up, and it's just a lot of green stuff coming up out of the ground. But it would be about, I think I read about two months until the wheat would start to form heads of grain, and at that time, the bearded darnel would also start to form heads of its own Grain, and that is when you could start to see that there's a difference. Oh no, there's weeds planted among the wheat, and it's not just an annoying thing fighting for the soil, but it seems like this kind of weed was also poisonous. If you would grind all of it up into grain, you would have some intoxicating breads, and it, it, it could be really bad for people. So, it's been maybe a couple months when all of a sudden the the servants go out and, and they see it, the wheat sprouted and formed heads, and then the weeds appeared. So it's not like they just started growing, but they appeared as what they truly are. They showed themselves. The servants, the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? Uh, the servants know that the landowner wouldn't have done this on purpose, and of course there would always be some Weeds growing among the field, we know what that's like, but this is just over and above. You can tell that this is sabotage, something horrible has happened. Either he got the wrong seed or something else happened, and right away the landowner knows what's going on, because he just says, he knows, there's only one way, an enemy did this. And then the servants ask what seems like a logical question, they say, do you want us to go and pull them up? This is ugly, this is bad, this is dangerous. Shouldn't we get to work and start pulling weeds? We'll do our best to still have a harvest this year. And the the owner says, no. Because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat And bring it into my barn. No, don't pull the weeds. Not yet. It's surprising to us because it makes sense to to pull the weeds and get them out of there. But listen to the concern of the farmer. Why doesn't he want them to do this? Because you might uproot the wheat with them. What concern he has for the wheat, not wanting any of them to get pulled up. So, let them grow together for now. Yet we do learn that one day the harvest will come, the weeds will be collected and burned, and then the wheat will be brought into the barn. Eventually this Bible study um, would end. Jesus is is probably out on the boat on the, the Sea of Galilee right now, speaking to the people. Eventually he would go back to a house, and the disciples would ask specifically about this parable. They would say, what did you mean uh, about the parable of the weeds and the wheat? And that's that. maybe just an interesting aside. Um, the mark of a good disciple is not necessarily that they always completely understand what Jesus says right away, but that they keep on going back to him <laughs> and asking, what does this mean? And continuing to learn from him, and that's how we do too. So Jesus, Jesus tells them, he goes on to, to tell what this means. He says, the landowner is the son of man. It's, it's Jesus, and the one who spreads these seeds is the evil one. It's Satan himself, and those, those weeds that are growing are, are all of the unbelievers and evil people in this world growing right up next to the believers, the wheat that, that Jesus has planted in this world. So Jesus says that, that he plants his believers in this field, and the field is this whole world. And he says that, that we should expect there are going to be <coughs> evildoers, unbelievers, planted right there with us. Satan comes and he sows evil and destruction. You probably have noticed that too, <laughs> that, our, that our world is, is full of of believers and unbelievers, people who are doing good and people who do evil. And sometimes we too, like the servants, may ask, well, what should we do when we find ourselves in this situation? God, are you okay with this situation? Uh, You didn't do this, did you? So we have Jesus explaining what we should do and what we shouldn't. You probably know that it has happened in history that Christians thought, we should go and pull the weeds. You think of the Spanish Inquisition or the Crusades, where Christians said, we should go and kill all the unbelievers. What a horrible, sinful thing to do against what Jesus said we should expect and what we should do. Christians going on campaigns to root out evil. But do you sometimes want to pull out the weeds too? Or at least get away from the weeds? It doesn't look like the desire to go with a a sword and attack others, but do you find yourself upset with God's plan of letting the weeds and the wheat grow together for a time? I think we can all have this temptation to think that it's better if we just completely isolate ourselves from anything that we see as a weed in this world, that we, we cloister ourselves with each other and just find a, a church community and never step outside of that community. And there are, there are good opportunities to do that in a place like Mankato, too, where we've got all these good Christian churches that are even in fellowship with each other and good Christian schools. Like, maybe we don't even have to associate with the world out there. It's better like this, isn't it? And Jesus says, no. No, I want you to be in this field with weeds and wheat, even though that can be dangerous. Jesus explains then that that the harvest is coming. Because sometimes we might start to think, God, you don't care about us. We see this evil, and maybe you've even heard people say that before or thought it yourself, but when you see suffering and evil in this world, we jump to the conclusion that God must not care about this at all, and I can't believe in a God that would allow stuff like this to happen. We may get impatient with God for not um, taking care of the evil, but he does say, the harvest is coming. The Son of Man will do something about this. The angels will come and separate the weeds and the wheat in the end, and and the weeds will be burned. There will be destruction. There will be gnashing of teeth. There there will be hell for all who commit evil, uh, unbelief. Uh, the, The Bible says he will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. And it's easy to say, get them, those evildoers. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And we should stop in our tracks and realize how many times we've caused sin and done evil. We, we too deserve to be uprooted, separated, and, and burned. The situation of being in this world is dangerous, and Jesus tells us, That the harvest is coming where for some it will be even more dangerous and terrible because hell is a real thing. There just will be consequences for those who continue to reject Jesus. And the thing is, Jesus knew that and he understood that. The, the, The possibility of hell for some is so terrible and so dangerous that the Son of Man... That the landowner, that the farmer himself chooses to be uprooted and killed for the sake of his crops. Even for the weeds. Now, even within the metaphor, that just sounds silly, doesn't it? That That a farmer would be uprooted and killed and suffer so that his crops, even the bad ones, could grow. But it's not far off. The God of the entire universe and and his creation growing down here, oftentimes in rebellion to him, decides to come and, and suffer for them. But that is what he does. Jesus came into this world as the only true, righteous wheat in a world of poisonous weeds. And he was ripped up by the whip and the scourge. He was choked out as he gave his last breath on the cross, taken from the land of the living, burned with separation from God as he suffered hell for us. But that wasn't defeat for Jesus. At 507 Soccer Camp this week, one of the things we repeated all week long was, Jesus wins! The Righteous One won against temptation, he won at the cross, at the empty tomb, and finally he will show his victory at the end of this world. Because he rose again. He did all this so that he could make you into wheat, so that he could plant you in this world, so that you could grow together. Jesus' plan is that he wants you to grow in this world. And grow you will, nourished by the word and sacraments. He wants you to grow together. First of all, together with, with other believers. Worshipping regularly, talking about Jesus with your family, going to Bible studies, studying the Bible together. He also wants you to continue to grow together, even though there's weeds growing up next to you, together with people who don't trust Jesus. The plan is that we live in this world with non-Christians. But isn't that dangerous? Yeah, But this is the plan and purpose of Jesus, that you are in this world. And this calls for trust, patience, and growing in God's protective, protecting word. Now, there's one thing that the parable doesn't address. And it just wouldn't make any sense within the farm fields. The weeds and the wheat grow up together. But that's not exactly what happens in our spiritual world. It's not just... Weeds and and wheat, and and when they grow up, sometime it's going to come and it's all going to be over. But in the kingdom of God, weeds can become wheat. Changes can happen and do happen all the time. It happened for me and for you, born into this world, planted into this world, sinful, and reborn and replanted into this world as, as wheat As as believers in Jesus, who who won and promised to bring us home, Jesus planted us with his word and his forgiveness. He waters us with the living water of his word and the waters of baptism. Weeds can become wheat. So we get to share his word, the, the very thing, the very word that plants faith in other people and creates wheat. There too. And then when Jesus comes again, he promises for all who believe in him life forever. The righteous, he says in his explanation of the parable, will shine like stars. And we have righteousness for ourselves and righteousness to share only through our righteous one from our Savior. So we can share that since Jesus won the victory, we also are conquerors. And when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come. We're asking that that God establishes his reign in the hearts of even more people, that his kingdom comes in more and more hearts, and that with God's blessing, we can be a part of bringing his kingdom to others, too. So together, let's plan, let's prepare for the harvest by planting seeds so the wheat grows up. That's, that's, That's what we try to do with God's blessing, with a thing like 507 soccer camp. I don't want to be sneaky about that. We don't do a soccer camp so that we can make a whole lot of small elite soccer athletes. Although we have have we some really good coaches, so it might happen, but that's not our primary purpose. We do this so that we can share God's love in the community and so that we can plant seeds of faith as we share how Jesus has won the victory and hopefully be able to continue those conversations with families that we can connect with and build relationships with. So uh, we'll be inviting all those who don't already have a church home of their own to come and join us here to water those those seeds of faith and continue to grow because St. Paul's is a place where we grow together. In God's word, we'll, we'll be doing things like I'm starting, I've am started a Bible 101 class for new members. We have our Sunday Bible studies, a morning Bible study. Sunday school and youth group will be starting up again in September. Uh, we, that's why we have our school, Risen Savior Lutheran School, Jesus Loves Me Learning Center. Uh, we've got a, a ladies book club that's going to be starting up and just thinking about how can we prepare our children for living in a world where there's weeds and there's wheat. And you will grow. What does spiritual growth look like? What does it look like to grow up in this world? Well, sometimes, kind of like the weeds and the wheat together, day after day, it doesn't necessarily look like much. Spiritual growth is something that you look back on later and you see, wow, God has kept on increasing my faith. He continues to patiently give us deeper and deeper roots as he fills us with this powerful word. So today Jesus tells us, Don't pull the weeds. Grow together. I'm not saying you need to quit weeding your gardens this summer, although if you choose to, you have my blessing. (laughs) But when you garden, think about the kingdom of God. Thank God for how he has planted faith in you and how he has planted you in this world. And think about the people that he's planted next to you. Think about, pray about, look for opportunities for how you can bring more people into the peace that you have. And be patient, trusting in Jesus. Amen.